Jesus, what's this going to be? Is this going to be episode six? Yeah. Okay, welcome to episode six of the Sadcast, the Sad Meg podcast. I'm Jackie Hoffer. And I'm Stu Pop. And this week we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, first up, the Vancouver election, which is coming up on November 15th. I had a, I did a crash course today, so I'm hoping to share that some of the results of that with you. Uh, and, and hash it out with Stu. And then in the arts segment, I'm going to be talking to um, Shelley Stefan. Um, we're going to do an interview about her art, which will be showing at the Sad Meg Suburbia Traveling Art Exhibition, which is an event happening Thursday, November 13th, out in the Burbs in Coquitlam. And so that's at Plastes Art. And uh, and yeah, we have a bit of a talk with Shelley later on and talk about her art, which is also featured in the latest issue of Sad Meg, in the Suburbia issue is available in independent and codependent bookstores everywhere right now as well as online at sadmag.ca. First up let's talk politics. So Stu I don't know about you but I have been living in Vancouver off and on uh, for about 14 years but mostly off and a lot of I think I've just missed every single civic election that there has been. So I'm pretty sure I've never had a chance to vote in a in a civic election. And although I understand who Gregor is and I have a sort of general view of what's going on in the city, I'm, I must admit I'm not that aware of who's who or what's what or even what a civic election looks like. What's your what's your experience? Uh, well, I've been in Vancouver for just over a decade and I have voted in a civic election here. I voted in the last one. And what was that experience um, and it looks like, like for you? A giant sheet of paper uh, that you have to mark boxes on, and then it gets scanned. I believe it's like a scantroni kind of deal. But no, like it's just names, right? It's not like they're big faces. Yeah, it's just names. So I had the the fortune, I suppose you could say, this morning of of um, discovering this beautiful website that the city has made called Vancouver Votes. And if you just go to like City of Vancouver website, and they're like right on the top, it'll say something like um, voting made easy, like click here or something like that. And then you just click on it and it opens up this whole new website, which basically is like slick and beautiful and helps you to kind of go over who's running in each of the um, kind of areas and um, you can actually make, it's not voting, but you can make like um, kind of like a short list of people that you're thinking of voting for and sort of print that out and take it with you, which I think is what this is designed for. And um, I have to, did you, have you seen this, Sue? Uh, no, but I am, I'm aware of it. They've been definitely lots of, uh, there's been a big push to increase uh, voters' turnout. Yeah, well, I have to say this helps me because I didn't even really, I mean, I got that there's mayor and councillors and parks board, but I didn't, and like, I didn't really understand that there's also school trustees and that there's actually, you know, a million people running and that you get to vote for like this many people for this thing and this many people for this thing. So basically for those of you, so I'm going to pretend that you, the listener are like, I'm going to hope and assume that you're much smarter and more well-versed than I am. But for just, I'm going to walk you through what happened to me, which is like, I basically knew nothing. And now I'm like, I feel like I, I have a good sense of who I'm going to vote for. And this all happened in a day. Um, what I normally do is just ask my friends who they're voting for, who are really smart and then copy them. Um, and I'm trying this time to be a little bit more uh smart and savvy and civic minded about that um so you vote for mayor and there's 10 candidates for mayor and i feel like each for each selection of things that people you can vote for i feel like i really want to do a shout out for like the weirdest candidates because there's always really weird candidates kind of floating around especially for mayor Mm -hmm. and um yeah i was really impressed with um, this independent woman named Ch- Cherries Kaiser. Her description says, holy shish kebab, I'm the lucky yes girl in the world. I've discovered how to live my raw primal truth and everyone's wild child lives in that place in my heart. A woman gets heard to her very essence. What? I wake up at 2.30 in the morning and everyone's wild is electrocuting me with a gazillion jolts. I live in the utter bliss of the Milky Way universal breast vortex. Pure bliss in the 13th vibration. Like, it goes on. It's amazing. You should definitely 
check her out. Uh, that sounds like a lot of Instagram hashtags that make me roll my eyes. <laughs> I know. Only she's not like, she's like mm, no spring chicken, although she does have an eagle around her neck. Um, so if you mean kind of like, she sounds like a kind of crazy hipster, that's not the... I'm hearing a lot of uh, hashtag live authentic, <laughs> hashtag uh, live folk. Oh boy. Like in reference to the election or what are you talking about? No, just her... It just sounded very buzzwordy and very, yeah. I think it sounds like a little cuckoo, to be honest, in a way that makes me feel like, hmm, like, I don't even think I could joke vote for this woman. Not that I would joke vote, but, you know, if I had, if I really wanted to spoil my ballot, I'm not even sure I would vote for her (laughs) because I feel like, you know, peace to her if she wants to kind of have her whole own language. But uh, I'm not really, I'm not really so sure about that. But uh, yeah, so what's mayor looking like for you? What are you? How are you feeling about the candidates? And and what's your kind of not necessarily who you're going to vote for, but like who do you kind of? I should say actually very clearly at the beginning of this segment that the views in this segment are solely mine and Stu's and not Sad Mags and not anybody associated with Sad Mags. Again, as always with Sadcast, this is just me shooting my mouth off and just Stu shooting his mouth off. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess should mention that like i i know some people that work in city hall mm-hmm. uh it just is a but uh obviously this, i feel sorry for them except for maybe they have good like benefits yeah yeah well and hopefully they'll retain their jobs regardless of who uh gets yeah, in i suppose that's the idea um but if anyone yeah feels that that invalidates my comments then they're welcome to feel that way yeah, um, yeah. take it up with you on twitter But uh, they at least uh, know that now. So we're being open. We're being transparent. Exactly. So I haven't, I hadn't until uh, recently really educated myself on it because I'm currently living in Maple Ridge. And uh, I'm not entirely sure that I uh, will be able to vote in Hmm. Vancouver anyways. What I did today was go and read the uh, three Reddit AMAs that the three main candidates. Classic. uh, Very stew of you. Good job. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Reddit AMAs are an Ask Me Anything. Um, though really it is a, I'll answer the questions that I want to answer. Uh, oh, since okay. Some candidates answered more questions than others. Did they do them all simultaneously or was it... No, they were on separate, separate days. days. Okay. Yeah. Or at least separate times. It was about and the major ago. candidates, just to be clear, are obviously Gregor Robertson. Yeah, there is and then the is guy with LaPointe? the nonpartisan... Something or other. I think that's Kirk, Kirk yeah. Douglas. Yeah. And then his name is not Kirk Douglas. And then I feel like Mina Wong is the other person. That, that is the other one. Yeah. About. Yeah. She's a cope. Part yes. Yeah. So <laughs> how, what did you make of the AMAs? Uh, so the NPA candidate seemed, uh, and this is kind of a criticism that I've seen in other uh, pieces of writing about this election. Mm-hmm. Very evasive, lots of like, well, we're going to have to do a study or, you know, we're looking into that. Well, we'd like Captain to Captain Kirk is, we'll have to citizens. do a study? What's that? Kirk? Kirk Douglas? Captain Kirk? He's the, we'll have to do a study guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, lots of that, like, no, didn't really put forth any actual platforms. Gotcha. It was all, we're going to have to do some research into that. And, you know, and of course, they're, they're the official opposition, so they're getting the happening now isn't working, so we'll do completely different. But first, we're going to have to do a study or right. consult the citizens. And that seems frustrating. Basically. Yeah, it's kind of evasive. Yeah. He came out, to me, he came off as a little bit smug in some of his answers, too. Right. He also didn't answer very much. Hour, he answered, I think, 22 questions. Yeah. So most of the, like, at least a quarter of those were, like, the joke questions mm. that you always get. You know, like, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 10 duck-sized horses, right? To which he responded, and I'm not joking, we're going to need to do a study on that. So Okay, so he's got a sense of humor, kind of, maybe. A bit, yeah. Okay, well, before we get on to Gregor, actually, how about Mina Wong? What did you think of hers? Um, she definitely has a platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does seem a bit like it's pretty far-reaching. In right? the it's sense It's really of... radical. Oh, okay. In that, you know, it's like, we're going to eliminate bus fares or knock bus fares down to like one dollar a day for everyone it seems like stuff that would be nice but is unrealistic i guess yeah 
to actually, you know, pull off. Seems pretty pretty big ticket promisey. Yeah. Very big ticket promisey. Very like grab the votes of people that aren't gonna look deeper or think deeper about things, right? It's very grandstandy. We're gonna do this and I've noticed too a bulk of her their uh, platform seems to be transit related. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, it would be nice if I felt they had more realistic um, proposals being made. I don't, like I'd, I would love to have to only pay one dollar a day for a bus ticket, right? But uh, I just don't see it that going through. There probably there's way too much pressure going the other direction from TransLink, and exactly. Um, I really don't think her short-term solution of adding more buses to Broadway is feasible. It's already over-congested. Okay, yep. so just, are there any, like, did Gregor wow you with his AMA? I wouldn't say he wowed me, uh, but he he didn't turn me off. Uh, I mean, I'm not over the moon with the way the city's been handled in the last four years, but... Yeah, we're eight. I mean, isn't this, wouldn't this be his third term if he gets elected again? Yeah, I'm just thinking since the last election. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, uh, he seemed, and this might just be a virtue from him, you know, being the ones in power and having the resources to put forth the, like, communications material. But, you know, every point that he made was followed up with, like, here's a link to that proposal or here's right. a link to this stuff. So it was, you know, there was more information coming out. It was there, more substantive. Yeah. yeah. It seems to me like that's the kind of razor's edge of especially civic politics. Like, I also have this feeling, and I don't know if it's just imaginary or, or romantic, that that if you if your aspiration is to truly be a politician, that you can really maybe this is more of an American thing, but it's it, it seems like mayor is actually the highest you can go where you can actually have like real effect on people's lives without being too bogged down and I I don't actually know if that's what we could say for Gregor but it does feel to me like he has that sort of charismatic like team dad Mm -hmm. quality of Vancouver sort of perfectly nailed and I think what's um what's unfortunate or perhaps fortunate for him is that that's very surface level and not meaningful um but I think he's also got that kind of incumbent suck haze floating around him right where just like much like Obama in the States right now, they're having their election. And like, I feel the incumbent is always going to be landed with everything that's not working and, and all of the responsibility for that, where I'm not sure that's necessarily on him, but I would welcome, like, I'm not, I'm not super sold on Gregor. Like I, 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 I'm tempted to vote for him, but I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually moved by Mina Wong and I'm not terribly, and I'm definitely not moved by Captain Kirk. So I feel like I'm not really quite sure who I'm going to vote for yet for mayor, but I have a, I have an inkling that I might vote for Gregor. I don't know. Yeah. That's sort of the way I'd be leaning as well. Yeah. Um, Just, and it is, it's more because the other candidates don't. Just don't really like do it for me. Yeah. And there is no green party candidate actually running uh, on the mayor ticket. Okay, we should move on to counselor. I, I only have a couple um, sort of hot tips because, as I said, one of the main things I did was like email my smartest, most politically savvy friends today and like ask them for their recommendations for like party platform websites, journalists. It's just stuff that they think I should know. And um, a lot of it lined up with stuff I already um, had been hearing and thinking. And so I'm, I feel like I have a couple people that I feel comfortable endorsing just personally for counselor. These are, again, just me personally. Um, sure. But there's a candidate that I've heard a lot about um, through social media called um, RJ Aquino or maybe Aquino. And it seems like he started his own party called One City Vancouver. And he um, seems to have a pretty big focus on, um, so he's running for council, and I think he seems pretty cool. He definitely seems to be focused on housing and childcare um, in, in, in terms of his priorities, as well as like, I don't know, uh, young people, seniors, immigrants, affordable housing, sustainable, livable, you know, these kinds of words. Like, mm-hmm. to be honest, I mean, especially if you're surfing around on the Vancouver Votes website and as your main means of trying to learn about these candidates. I mean, I basically feel like, okay, so I recently joined Tinder and I feel like basically it, this is a lot like Tinder where you're just sort of like, 
like you look at the picture and then you're like read a little bit about them and then you're kind of like swipe left for like I don't give a shit about this candidate and swipe white right for like maybe I'll vote for them and so to me Aquino is a swipe right um not just because he's like a handsome gentleman but also um I like the sound of the one city platform so I'm I'm keeping him on standby I've also heard really great things about Andrea Reimer for who's on the vision ticket and according to this it sounds like she's you know, kind of got an environmental thing going on and global leadership and child care council and coordinating with the school board. And I don't know what, I don't know. I, lots of um, strong endorsements from my Politico friends for her. And then in general, I mean, you're, you can vote for like 10 people for counselor. I just have this feeling much like we've discussed, I think with comic books, like, or graphic novels, like I just have this sort of tendency and I know it's not always correct but I have this tendency of like when in doubt vote for the like women of color because like or like indigenous women because I just sort of feel like well why not I mean you know if you're gonna spin the dial on people you don't know you might as well shift the representation to be more like it hasn't typically or classically been (laughs) I don't know so I have a couple other candidates that I would support in that way who's platforms I don't really know very well but who I feel just should go ahead and be candidates because or be in the council why not for diversity's sake so I mean people can make up their own minds about those people but that's that's kind of that is something that I do and I don't know like you can criticize me for that but I think I tend to err towards the the party whose platform I yeah. I most agree with in those situations but well I feel like there's a thing with vision and cope where everybody like I feel like cope is this everybody's sort of like disenchanted with cope and like angry with cope um but it seems like they're running a few interesting candidates and I can't from the jargon I can't really tell the difference between cope and vision I understand that vision is different or like slightly more progressive maybe but like you know it's still Gregor's party like I don't know do you know what I mean like I don't know. And NPA is sort of like the business party, right? Like that's kind of the, the secret. Yeah, it's sort of, they're the, the right wing yeah. candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not being a right, ring, right winger myself. It's hard to say, right winger myself. Like I never even say it. I just sort of can't really differentiate vision from cope very well. So I'll probably just like fill up my card with mostly visions and these top picks from my friends. Uh, oh, Nikki Sharma is another person that somebody I know recommended. And she sounds like a cool person to vote for. Yeah, I unfortunately couldn't find any Reddit AMAs for counselors. So. There you go. Parks Commissioner is interesting. I actually have seven picks. Or one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I have seven, which is how many you're allowed to vote for. Like, this is not something I would typically know much about. But because of this year with the Vancouver School Board and the Parks Commission and the... Um, conversations around um trans and gender variant inclusion working group for the parks board mm-hmm. um has a couple people that um some of my political friends were like they were really helpful and they were great allies and i was like that's cool because i mean what do i know about people's opinions about parks and then also in the school board one there's also the sexual orientation and gender identity um, update and so there's a few people that were like really supportive for that process so in for parks commissioner i've got thumbs up for trevor loke and um naveen gurn i'm totally fucking probably fucking up all of these names and a woman called Corey tall who i have to admit also is super cute and i know that's like super gross <laughs> but like you know like gregor is cute too like i we can we're all human like we can admit when candidates are good looking like i'm sorry but She's a cutie. Um, it does, it does, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it kind of does thing. matter more. It is a thing. Although I also age. think that Earl Sunshine, not exactly my type, um, is like, looks sweet. Like it's a person, Earl Sunshine is a person that I want to give a hug to. Just the um, name really is. I know. Like in his little description here, it says, open up your heart. Well, I think it's supposed to say hearts, but it says hearth and let the sunshine in, which is cool to me tough for me and the uh what copy editor genes i have to let that typo go though well is it a typo though or is it like a, a weird and basically failed attempt with double meaning i don't know 
there's a few uh, others that people are recommending. Hearth, but... the hearth is usually a fireplace, isn't it? I, uh, anyway. You could open that. I don't know. Maybe you've got a skylight. Anyway, um, Sammy Joe is another Vision Vancouver candidate that's popular. But there's also a few other um, women of color who seem to be, who are running for COPE, who I just feel like I want to support you because, I mean, there's someone who's a UBC student. I don't know if she's a, a, a master's student or what. Um, who has like really progressive kind of um, anti-racism kind of language going on in her, in her thing, like anti-oppression kind Mm. of views. And I'm kind of like, yeah, why not? Why not get on the parks board? Go for it. Um, I'm assuming, do you have any parks views? I I don't. Okay. Um, I was just going to, you know, say this is all like interesting stuff that you found with, doing a bit of research and said uh, I would encourage anyone who is going to vote to go do the same thing because I mean it's not like yeah. it takes a ton of time no oh my god it took of... me like an hour plus I really I mean I basically was like emailed three people who are super smart and super have their heads to the kind of world of politics and are really involved in all kinds of all kinds of things and whose opinions I trust if not like would just copy without thinking for myself and so um you know, measuring those against the, you know, what I'd kind of sniffed out on the city website and then looking at the guides that they send in the mail and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, you know, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. There's like four groups, mayor, and then these other three. And it's, it's no big deal. You know, find the part. If you don't know what you're doing, just find the party that you kind of like, just, you know, stew style. So for school trustee, I just want to blast through and endorse personally. And again, these are personal endorsements, not sad Meg endorsements. These are the endorsements of Jackie Hoffert. I want to endorse um, Patty Backus, Jane Bowie, Ken Clement, who was apparently really helpful um, with the trans inclusion stuff. Um, Gwen Giesbrecht and, and then also Misha Oak, who is a green candidate and also a cutie pie. Uh, yeah, so that's just who, that's just my, my big old, um, opinion. And then what's great about this little website is that you can just go click next and then you can select which day you want to vote. Cause obviously the election is Saturday, November 15th, but there's, depending on when this gets released and when you're listening to it, there's options to vote beforehand. And then, uh, you just plonk in your, your area code and it'll tell you where to go. And even if you, you can also like print out your little list of people that you've selected and uh, scamper off and vote. And of course, remember you need a piece of ID and then another piece of ID that has your signature. And if you've got a voter card, bring that too, but it's, you can still vote if you don't have one, assuming you're eligible to vote. I strongly recommend uh, advanced voting. Way less lines. Totally. It's way more relaxing. If you're a person prone to stress. (laughs) Like me. Exactly. Uh, it's awesome. It's You had it done. You just sit back and relax on election day. Um, and yeah, way less lines, which is no one likes lines. Exactly. So. No one anywhere ever. Okay, I think we should wrap up and move on. So anyway, please, um, please educate yourself and go make some choices. And um, my recommendation to you just personally is to vote. Vote like it matters. Because even if you think it doesn't, or there's no chance for your candidate, or there's no chance for anyone else, just, just vote like no one's watching. And yeah, uh, yeah. I would. Uh, I'd like to second that. You know, vote like it matters, and just vote because it matters. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not that hard. The puppies are like, call your associate professor. Yeah, they're standing up for me. Girls, pipe down. <laughs> Can you take them outside? Sorry. It's, we're, like, work super cool. I have no, I'm in no rush, so. Okay, sorry about that. It's cool. It might happen again. That's completely fine. We're all about real life at Zambank. <laughs> I could go try to, like, dig a hole and, and get quiet, but it's just my life. <laughs> Nope, that's complete. Like Darren pops in on the podcast all the time, just making weird sounds or scratching at me. It's completely fine. Okay, well, I'm ready for this. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we're doing it. So, what? Um, 
Okay, so we've got you, Shelly Stefan, artist, associate Can professor. I Can I make a correction? Please. It's it's Shelly Stefan. Okay. Like, like you know, you effing son of a, you know, effing Stefan. Perfect. Yeah. You Like, thank you for making that correction. Yeah. Stefan. Yeah. Got it. Done. Uh, so we have Shelly Stefan here, and uh, she's effing great. And um, we're new friends, so full disclosure, um, Shelly and I know each other, but we're, yeah, we're pretty new friends, so I don't, I don't know all her stories, and I don't know all her stuff, and, um, and I'm really happy to have the chance to talk to you about your art, and about your involvement with the most recent issue of Sad Mag, and then this upcoming show. Right on. Yeah, so maybe let's start with the show, um, which, this will come out pretty soon, and it'll definitely come out in enough time for people to head on over to the... Um, Place des Arts or whatever it's called. What is that place called, by the way? Is that what it's called? Place des Arts? I think you're a, a better authority on the pronunciation than me, but yeah, uh, Place des Arts. Sure. Okay. Which is in Coquitlam, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is, an, is it, it's a gallery or it's, it's a... a... It's a gallery, um, kind of a collective art space. Um, and we're currently putting together a group show uh, with the sad mag artists, it's going to be, you know, a convergence of a whole bunch of different artists. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, what, what, uh, the show comes together like. Cool. Yeah. I'm so out of the loop, even though I apparently am one of the contributing photographers because we went on one of the, like me and me and Katie and Pam and Michelle and Rami and Robin, um, all went on a big, uh, suburbia road trip which is also featured in the in the issue and we, right. all, we all took a bunch of pictures so I suppose there's there might be a couple of mine in the show as well it's going to be great and the thing that's cool about it's kind of like an experiment whenever you've got a group show um, sometimes you've got sort of curators that are sort of hand selecting how and how the pieces are going to work together or communicate and sometimes it's sort of just a convergence of multiple artists and it, it's kind of like when you put together several ingredients into a soup or something, it ends up having this overall taste and, and I'm excited to see how the show comes together and, and see what, what it gives off. That's a, that's beautiful. Who is, is it Katie that's putting the show together or are you working together or who's, who's sort of, who's running the show on this one? Katie's running the show and April is, is definitely uh, helping run the show and, uh, I'm just following suit and being a contributing artist is always a, an honor. And, um, you know, I think sad mag is, I've always admired it because it's really uh, graphically tight. It's really raw. And I, I was letting one of, um, some of the sad mag folks know that like for years now I've been looking at the magazine and, and enjoying it because it, it doesn't sort of, um, bombard me with unnecessary visual uh, mm. garbage. I think that every everywhere I look, I'm finding something kind of raw and real and really artist based. So um, I really, I really enjoy it. So the folks are doing a great job. And to be involved in the show is, is uh, just right on. That's so sweet. Thank you yeah. so much, Shelly. I'm a hard sell, you know, so um I, I just really am speaking from the heart on this, that, that the magazine is, is cool. So it's really great to be a part of it. Yeah. To be honest, for me as a um, former and now again, um, co-editor in chief, it's, it's such a, it's such a kind of mind fact to be honest, because part of what I think makes it so great. And as you say, in a way also raw and perhaps, I don't know, it's pretty wanky to call it pure, but I, there's something pure about its quality to me. And I think the very reason is because none of us are getting paid. And I don't know. There's something kind of lovely about that because it's art. It's, I mean, this is a cliche, but art for art's sake, design for the sake of design. And, you yeah. know, as soon as you start throwing in, I'm cutting you, I'm cutting in here, but as soon as you start throwing in um, the element of greed and, and marketability and like you, something gets lost. And I'm not saying that's wrong or evil, but it, it does change the game. So I don't know. There's something really cool about people coming together for art and design and the contemporary pulse of what's happening um, around us in Vancouver without having to follow anyone's rules. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, this is the this, that's the bottom line. You know, of course, the the main consequence with that, as with all of us who are artists without necessarily a lot of jobs or a lot of remuneration, is how do we sustain our lives and how do we sustain the magazine? And this is kind of our main challenge, right? Like we can we we throw these beautiful crazy parties at the Cobalt to kind of fundraise and and right. we're 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 fully we're fully subscriber based. Um, I mean, we we can't get enough subscribers. Like we we need people to just really go ahead and subscribe. But at the same time, um, I don't even think the subscriptions make much of a dent. I mean, over a year in postage, you're. I mean, it's almost ridiculous how much it costs to. Never mind print the issue, like just send it out. And so, right. So you know, we do always have those problems, but but mostly through through Katie and also um, Michelle's work, setting up a board. We have a lot more kind of sustainability in mind, I think. And I'm really glad that there's people who've devoted their time to making sure that we can kind of try to figure out how to get this mag um, in a place where it can continue to to happen. Because, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is that that freedom from being beholden to really anyone I mean I think for Katie what she's always said to me is that the bottom line for Sad Mag is like it's just a place for everybody to be doing something that they want to do and the moment it starts being something you don't want to do like just don't do it and so that's why the the mag and everything that comes out of it the website the podcast it's just all things that we all just want to do and so we're all just exercising ourselves for the love of it basically yeah, and and the pure thing is kind of a funny word, but like, um, I know that Jackie, you like I've listened to some of uh, the sad casts, and I know that you like to think in metaphors, and I really appreciate that because mm. I also do. And so even speaking about you know uh, sad mag, I think a lot about I talk to my students a lot, and I think a lot about how uh, art is is kind of like a souffle, and it, it starts to make itself. And if you keep on opening the oven and like kind of like doting over it or like freaking out or like getting too many cooks in the kitchen, like things flatten. Hmm. And um, so it, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Um, and there's something about the magic of it that can it's a slippery slope to get lost. Yeah. And that's, that's what's really beautiful about these moments where it's like an uphill battle in the arts to be free and raw and at the same time you have to sustain yourself you have to you have to survive but it but it is this sort of duel between keeping the dish clear keeping the souffle like wild and big and free Mm -hmm. um and and then you know involving partnerships that that can preserve that I love a I love a good food metaphor. Um, well, let's let's go back to some of the the more essential ingredients here. Then, like, let's talk about your art and your career. Maybe start us with where you are now, and and kind of lead us into the art that you're going to be showing at the on the thirteenth. To be quite frank, it's a lovely time for me because I'm on sabbatical. So every time that- you say sabbatical, I have this like Billy Joel thing where I want to be like sabata tech, 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 tech. I don't know. I just can't like, I, I... think you should. <laughs> I think every time I mention it, I think you should coin like a response, like little chorus. And I want that. It, it what it does is it like sort of like reverberates the awesomeness of it. It's true. And I, I don't have any other way. Like, I think I've been missing that. I want you to, can you construct that? Because, Okay. I'm really happy to be on sabbatical and it's like, it's really an honor. And the thing is, is, um, I have been working my ass off and I have been completely devoted to UFE where I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, I am associate professor there. I am tenured. Uh, I am devoted and I am, uh, really in a place where I've been loving working in the visual arts department, um, teaching, painting and drawing and studio arts. Um, and the, and the bonus is that, you know, after seven or so years, uh, if you've you've shown like you know good attitude and a lot of good effort and team spirit, good research, you get a sabbatical and and so that's where I'm at right now. So when you ask like you know where are you at, what's going on mm-hmm. with your work, I'm in a space of um, exhalation and enjoyment and really time to stoke the fire. Really look at some key projects I have going on for the year and um, and take some downtime. Uh, yeah. where I don't have to have all the answers. 
Yeah. But I can I can be a like a an artist in, in the truest sense, which is like an investigator of form and space and uh, concepts. Now the show on the thirteenth, I've got some portraits uh, that are involved, and quite frankly, they're uh, just part of a series of self portraits that I've been doing. Um, you know, to kind of dial it back to original kind of academic work. Also some introspective work, and they ended up being kind of like this kind of snowballing, multifaceted series of uh, self-portraits. And I don't think I'm going to quit anytime soon. I might keep doing these, you know, till I kick it in my late 80s. You know, I, I really don't feel the need to to stop. It's like a lifelong um, series. But right now I've just been, you know, knee deep in it, and it's been going well. So part of what I'm showing on the 13th um, are the portraits. But also what's happening right now for me is um, I've got about five major projects uh, for my sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. Billy Joel. Sabbatical. Oh, God. Okay. I'm fully present. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm going to give like a few seconds after I say it to like wait for it. And even when you're there, Jackie, I'm going to close my eyes and like hear it in my, in my mind's eye and in my heart (laughs) of hearts. I'm going to hear that reverberating so that I can be fully present on my sabbatical and not just, you know. Well, to be honest, it's, I mean, I, I, I almost wanted to mention it to you earlier, but I actually feel like, cause it's sounds like heart attack. Obviously the original line is heart attack. And so that's a little bit, scary but maybe heart attack is like a kind of beautiful metaphor for a sabbatical you know you're like obviously it sounds violent and scary but in a way you're like stopping the beating heart of your day-to-day to to go back to your previous metaphor to you know find new ingredients to make make new souffles or even just find the kind of soul energy to to come back to the souffles of your, like bigger souffles of your career or other yeah. types of types of dishes you might make. You know, it's really, it's really amazing. It, that's why I, I, I think that your, um, your coral implement <laughs> is actually perfect because <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm 40 years old. I've been doing this for, you know, well over 20 years, since I was a child, I've been making art and paintings and drawings. I come from a long line of artists. My Italian ancestors are artists. And so this is like, you know, part of what I do, but like 20 years later, like I'm 40 years old. I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, I've, I've uh, given my best foot forward in, in my career and I've kept it real. You know, I never, I never apologize for my art. I've never made art to appease people. You know, there's no way, you know, so, so some of that is, is really important to me, but then all of a sudden to, to, to have a year to chill and reflect on the research that I want to do. It's very symbolic. It's like, you're given a year now to do what you find to be most important Hmm. at this juncture. So it is a little bit of a heart attack because it's like, wow, like, thank you universe. And let me get real here and like, let me really think this through. So Mm. yeah, it's exciting. Hmm. So there's a, you could almost like really to just really flog this metaphor. You could almost kind of get a new leash on life after your sabbat attack. Yeah. And it's, it's essentially supposed to be, I mean, in the truest sense, a a time to rejuvenate and, um, and I'm really feeling it. Like I'm I'm not going to lie. I've been in my pajamas a lot. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. And, um, and also just, you know, being able to kind of, like I say, exhale and and just sort of let the dust fall and think about what what would I like to do right now um, that would, you know, I'm given a chance. What, what can I do right now? So hopefully before this podcast is over I could tell you a little bit more about some of my plans because it's exciting to have a soundboard yeah well why don't we I want to just um shift back actually back back, back, back. Now, <laughs> now I'm stuck <laughs> blah, 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 blah. shift back to the 
you know, we kind of briefly touched on the self-portrait um, series that you'll be showing or selections from which you'll be showing at the at the show. And I just kind of want to almost wrap that up, but in the sense, go a little deeper on that, which is that so this is so this project, I want to know, you know, when did you start it? Obviously, we know you'll be doing it for the next 40, 50 years, which is yeah. going to be beautiful. And I also want you to maybe talk a little bit about what your feelings are about the kind of world we live in, in terms of selfie culture, yeah. and how that's related to what you're doing, well, or not related. Such, you know, it's such a great question. And I've definitely thought about it. And maybe I should sort of start with saying that I've been doing self portrait since I was a child, I actually have some uh, from my younger years, I've been doing I mean, most children do portraits of their loved ones. At, and, you know, yeah. imaginations, but I, I've been doing um, self-portraits definitely since I was younger and very seriously since I was a uh, undergrad university student. So when I was a Bachelor of Fine Arts student at University of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. I spent much of my, I would say, second and third year doing self-portraiture. So that's when it began for me. And, you know, self-portraiture is, is about um, understanding humanity through the form and um, content of your own, uh, of yourself. Uh, So there's something really lovely about it. And it's also an academic exercise. For example, if you want to learn about the human face, what better model than, than yourself, you're Mm -hmm. free, you're available. Um, I, I personally love the human face. I also love light and form. Hmm. I remember having this really weird moment. I think maybe every, every person has this at some point, but I, except for perhaps like adopted folks I definitely remember having a moment when I was in my early 20s like maybe just 20 and yeah probably I was high but I I remember kind of being in my dorm room and looking in my mirror and just having this moment of like I'm halfway to looking like my mom but also the most adult like I've ever been and my skin's probably never going to be tighter than this like I just had this weird ripple in time awareness of my face in a way that I'd never thought of it before. Well, it's really interesting. And you know, the face, like, like you say, thinking about age, but also it's a casing like we, our souls, I I mean, this is getting kind of deep here, but you know, what we carry around is what we carry around. It's a casing. And so it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, how we can understand our humanness through looking at our form. And uh, recently, um, the curator of the Italian Cultural Center, I was having a meeting with her. I'm going to be having a show in spring there, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, she and I were speaking and she, she had wondered, you know, we were talking about coming out and GLBTQ stuff. And, and she was like, you know, what would your portrait look like? What would a face look like if it's hiding something? Like if I had, mm. for example, when I go back to when I was a teen and if I hadn't come out, what would, what would my face look like? So it was a really incredible question. And my answer was like vacancy, there'd be a vacancy there. So what, what mm-hmm. does, what do the eyes tell us? Um, and it's a very uh, slippery kind of ethereal, kind of mystical, kind of cryptic question, because you can't quite put it to words necessarily, or perhaps an artist does best to put it into visual. So when I work with portraiture, self-portraiture, it's a mystery. It's always a mystery. And I'm always excited to see what starts, what, what gets to be taught to me mm. through, through the eyes of, of what I'm working. And of course, sometimes I do portraits and it doesn't click or mm. it's, um, there's not a, there's not a connection with, with what, with the outcome. But sometimes I do portraits and it's like, holy motherfucking shit. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> what just came out. And it's, and it's magic. And so yeah. the thing is, is put yourself, put yourself in the beam of it. Like Annie Dillard is one of my favorite American authors. Mm. She speaks a lot about put yourself in the path of light. Like, put yourself in the beam of it. And then you might be lucky to see something magical. Like, get out there. You're not going to come across something unless you put yourself in the field of it. And the director of my graduate program at Maine College of Art, uh, Katerina Wesleyan, at the time she said she taught a lot about how to uh, really, if you want to, if you want to make good work, then work towards good work. Mm. Uh, You know, the players can play, but, you know, if you're really making art, even if you don't know what you're doing, make your art towards 
your art and eventually something shifts. And I think a lot, again, in metaphor about, you know, trudging through a swamp, you don't know where you're going, but you have to trudge, you have to get there. And so when I, when I do drawings and paintings, it's very similar. Like I don't always know what the fuck is going to go on, but I love the making. And if I could just put myself in the path of making, I get surprised all the time. So, you know, these lives that we have are very short. So the best thing that we could do is put our art into action and just make the work. Mm. Who cares if who cares if there's only a couple pieces out of 20 that sing? You know, yeah. you have to, you have to how are you going to get there? It's you, true. You know, so that's really that's really it. That's so, my theory with the podcast too. Anytime anybody says like, "Oh, I listen to it." I'm like, "I can't believe you listened to it." Like I'm so flattered because basically I'm here, Stu's here, but mostly I like this is sort of my baby and I'm here to just make a lot of them and figure out what happens after I've made a lot of them. Like I want to make them and find out what making them turns into. Can I tell you something else too, yeah. which is totally riffing off this? Yeah. Um, the, the self the portrait show that I had at Make Gallery, um, I edited this out or it got edited or whatever. <clears throat> I didn't include this in my art, artist statement, but I actually think it's... Um, I actually think it's an important idea. Uh, this show was called Multiplicity of Self, and part of these self-portraits are what are going to be shown on the 13th. But the first way I kind of staged my artist statement in my mind was thinking about ice fishing. Hmm. And when you go ice fishing, have you ever been ice fishing? I haven't. Okay, so essentially when you go ice fishing, I, I went to grad school in Maine, so I was like, when in Maine, do as the Mainers. Okay. I grabbed some pooch and went out and ice fished. Like, you know, I had to learn how, right? Awesome. Well, so when you ice fish... You basically are allowed um, to put several with an auger, which is really rad, you know, a big screwdriver. You essentially screw a hole into the ice, but you get multiple holes. So like per person, like at the time in 2000, whatever, three or whatever, I one fishing license gave me five holes in the ice. So when you go ice fishing, you set up multiple tip ups, which is the name for like the little mechanism that sends down the line into the water. So you go fishing, you have five tip-ups, five holes, five chances. So the more the more chances you have in ice fishing, the better chance you have to catch the fish, right? It's, you know, there's probably a name for this formula, but um, essentially the more you put out, the more you get. And it's the same with art. It's the same with anything that mm. is meaningful. Like you talk about your, your um, radio work, uh, more you do, the better chance you have of catching something. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And <laughs> And you can't take, like, it's weird too, Jackie, because, and I always find this, like, kind of humorous because on one hand, you have to take it so seriously. You have to give your all. You have to care more than anything. You have to, like, put it all in there, you know? Like, this is my, this is my chance care so much. But on the other hand, you have to not care so much because you can't take it so seriously because you, you're not going to catch them all on the same line. Like, you have to. So it's a. It's a beautiful quandary. Yeah. Yeah. I pre- I mean, I, I identify with so much of this, even though I'm, I even personally struggle to identify as an artist, but I, even though I should, but I just can't, I somehow, I don't know. I grew up in a family where that wasn't encouraged. So, or it's not that it was encouraged, but I just don't think it was taken seriously. And so it's, I have a lot of, I don't know, shame around that, I guess. But for me, in the same note, and this is kind of touching on stuff that I, I referenced in uh, in the previous podcast, but in, I was talking with my niece the other day, who's 16, going on 17, and she's, you know, she's such a busy teen, like, in all these clubs and doing all of this stuff and schoolwork, and she's so smart and engaged and, and, and connected, and I remember really trying to encourage her to have time, make sure she has time where she, there's no expectations of her from anyone or anything, like, where she can just do zero and yeah. like lie fallow and just let whatever happens happens even if that's nothing inspiring like even if that's just lying flat staring at the ceiling cuddling with the dog and watching some Netflix like just just some space where there's nothing that's needing to be created or you don't have to be anyone to anyone so that you can retain your own I don't know authorship of your life and your you own know, like it's a like the everything in nature has a time to kind of be out and like la and then a time to kind of recline and go back into the roots like even if you think about plants it's like a dandelion for example it's like 
there's a time when the root it's it's in the roots. It's like everything is about down below, deep down and dark. Like it's chill. It's down into the earth. But then there's a time where the energy's moving up from yeah. the roots into the stalk, and then there's a time where it's into the flower. It's just like everything in nature has a time to recline and to have respite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it's all the time because there. It's balance, and it's important that people give themselves time to chill, pause, break, but then also time to kind of erupt and and just get just go. You know, so it's just it's really a balance. So why don't I use this to inspire the transition to you telling me about the other things on your year where you will be erupting or going forth because I know you do have a few things planned for this coming year that are um that are not at all uh like rest based that are very active yeah (laughs) yeah for sure well when I recently I just came back from China and that was like boom like it was just like on you know like on your toes like on your toes everything is is my brain was just like super activated because of the language like learning mandarin like on the go and and like really communicating with these wonderful people and about some such important topics in the arts and so that that really was a jump start that's why it's taken me like you know at least 2 months to just sort of have downtime after that but well here here are some of the things that I'll be doing the projects that I'll be doing on my sabbatical which I'm really excited about um the big the biggie for me is is uh, in the summer, I'll be going to Italy um, to give a lecture on the, 20, the past 20 years of my visual arts practice. And I'll be giving a presentation um, in Bologna at the LGBTQ Center. It's this like ancient salt cellar, like awesome rock building in Bologna. And it's, it houses the gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer center so I'll be giving a presentation there and uh I'm really excited about that cool Um, and I'm also going to be doing research with the queer Italian pride uh festival so I'll be collecting uh photographic work and research and source material for some paintings I'd like to be doing I'll also be going to Florence and Venice um to study some of the medieval armor and some of the figure works. I'm really interested in the human body and, um, and armor and see how, what kind of interesting combines I can do with those two. Sweet. Um, so that's a biggie and that's in the summer, but currently, um, I'm getting like the whole theme of my sabbatical is heritage, which is kind of an interesting word. And for me, I defined it on three in three, um, three prongs. Like the first kind of way to look at heritage for me is looking at um, my personal heritage as an artist. So I'm going to be doing a project where I'm going to be looking at the past 20 years of my practice and making sure I've archived and documented properly all of my works and then curating a website based on those um, those decisions and that archive. So that's one, one element of personal heritage. Also, I'm going to be looking at local and regional heritage. You know, I'm out in the, out in the burbs, past the burbs. I'm in a rural part of BC. Um, and you know, I'm not from BC. So to me, it's like I'm in kindergarten when I drive around, I'm like, Oh my gosh, look, like everything is exciting for me to live out in the Valley. I love it here, you know? And and there's agricultural families and farmlands and barns. And so I want to I wanna give it up to some of the regional heritage that I see here in some of the lands. And it's, that's not really conceptually loaded works like that I usually do. But for me, that's like dialing it back, getting, getting back into something kind of nourishing and local and real. And I'm not too cool to sit down in a field and do a study of a barn, you know? Right. Uh, I, I think that that kind of uh, humility is important, and and of course it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it, and it's kind of rare, you know, it's it's vanishing, it's rare, and so I want to cherish that, and I love where I live in the North Fraser region. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also going to do local heritage in giving back to the First Nations communities. I've contacted the Scowlitz Nation, the Lacamel Nation, and the Chehalis Nation um, on getting 
getting some uh, free courses in painting and drawing offered to the people in my hood here and um, kind of bridging and kind of giving back to my communities. I've gained so much from uh, First Nations culture. I've, I'm rooted in respect for Aboriginal traditions and art and, and spirituality and culture. So uh, I've been living out here at Lake Arak for five years, and I hardly know my neighbors at the Scowlitz Nation. So it's time I just t say, you know, hey, let's let's get together and let me let me see if I can offer something uh, useful and beautiful um, uh, in, in a way to volunteer. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Sweet. And it'll be totally nourishing. Uh, it's a win-win, you know, um, for me. And, you know, I was... I was raised in a family that supported the arts and like my Italian ancestors were all artists. So on my mother's, uh, my paternal, uh, mother's grand, uh, my mother's dad's side, my grandpa's side. Um, and, and I want to share back what, what I get from, from my roots. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another like regional heritage. Um, so I'm doing international heritage in Italy regional heritage in my local uh, DeRoche, Dudney, you know, North Fraser region home that I have here. And I also am going to do the personal heritage with and really doing a good archive um, of my work. So that's my sabbatical year. And there's always like the, the unknowns. Like when I developed my sabbatical plan, I made sure that there was like a huge bar like on my graph that was like, you know, reserved for the unknown, awesome things that happen in, in an artist's lives. Like, see, that's the thing is like, I love the, like the mystery uh, mm. and the unknown in creativity. And in fact, that's the pulse of it really. Like, you know, so I'm always ready for the unknown and that could just all of a sudden start steering the boat, you know, like, yeah. so, so what's that's interesting to me as, and like, I think this is something that I'm, I'm, it's so interesting for me to hear you say that because I, I think one of the things that I always go through and have always gone through and would love some more to hear how other people do this is that I think so much of my life I've just intuitively understood that you have to leave space for working with the situation that you're in constantly. And so my life has a very, like in retrospect, a very improvised and um, jagged and unpredictable kind of path to it which has been beautiful and organic for me but in a lot of ways has also suffered from a little bit of a lack of sort of medium and long-term planning <laughs> like I've right. been a little bit I've, I've hewed in some cases perhaps a bit too too far from um um you know having a big goal Right. Well, and, you seem like you're very goal oriented. Like you do a lot of amazing work. Yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I might argue against that. Well, I don't know. But you know yourself best. We're new friends, as you said. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, it's not it's enough about me. But I. But I'm no, curious. But I, I hear you. And it's, you know, the thing about making a plan, but then having maybe like a valid part of that plan being the unknown mm. is awesome. Like yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And it always gets filled, you know? Like well, exactly. I mean, I, I feel like I'm more like, I'm curious. I, I think I need to sort of, I have the opposite ratio, which is that I have like, you know, an 80% unplanned life with a 20% planned life. <laughs> I think I'd like to kind of switch it a little bit more. Well, when you have like, um, it's always nice, you know, in my studio right now, I have a list of projects. I, I almost always have in my sketchbook or somewhere that, that I, that I'm seeing a list of current projects. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there's always going to be the wild unknown projects that erupt that yeah. I have that are, that are like wild. And I, they take, they take, you know, it's like a wild horse. It just comes in and just sort of takes the lead, but it's, it's hot, you know, so you have to go with it. But then there's always going to be stuff too, that falls to the wayside that I like didn't get to, you know? And, yeah. but it's that same thing, like ice fishing, like we talked about, like, you know, multiple tip ups, multiple holes. And if you can get to the brunt of it, I listened to your podcast and you talked about, um, on your road trip, your solo road trip, which was awesome. By oh, the you way. did listen to that one. Okay. That's the I one did. I'm referencing. Yeah, I did. And yeah. I, I listened to, how you are thinking about driving in the lanes, you know, the left yes. lane, the right lane, the middle lane. And it's just like, you know, you make lists of things to do as artists, like projects that are on the go. And 
it's the bulk that you like as, as long as you just keep the train moving and you got your you know you're stirring the pot like some of it's going to fall to the side some of it is like you didn't plan but it takes the lead but you just love the process and it's organic and it's imperfect and it's like it's active but it's it's also forgiving you know you're not always going to get to everything and you know I'm 40 so I'm I'm learning how to have compassion for giving myself a break when I don't get to everything knowing that I'm following something that has a pulse uh anyways that's what I wanted to say on that great that that means a lot to me I appreciate that um this is has been a really beautiful call but it's now I'm now getting to the point where I'm like oh god I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to cut this to get it into the podcast yeah I feel like we've kind of touched on all the major things I wanted to touch on but I don't know if I spoke enough about the show coming up I mean it's great it's just you know experience it go see it I think we've had a, a, a conversation that that uh exceeds the specifics of just pumping that one show like uh hopefully we've introduced people to you and your art and um i'll put links in our in our tumblr for where they can get more information about you and your art and your work and um yeah and i just want to thank you so much for your your taking time off of your sabbat attack <laughs> to, to come talk to me it's been a pleasure and I hope that's the beginning of many conversations. I definitely could probably talk to you for two hours. Okay, well thanks for, for this. Um <laughs> Thank and you. maybe we can talk soon and um just keep it real, Jackie, and thanks for including me on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for your time. Then I think I'm going to throw now to um, a song this week. Um, This is not a local artist. This is not even a Canadian artist, but it's a song that I can't stop listening to. And I'll only, again, play a little piece of it because obviously we don't own it. But this is um, Willow Smith, as in the daughter of Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, um, doing the song Easy Easy, which is a cover um, of a the song Easy Easy by a band called, or a singer called King Cruel. Um, I'm going to play right now, and I suggest that you obsess over it just like I am, and uh, enjoy. to wrap up but um did you have any announcements or anything to kind of throw to here at the end yeah i mean if anyone listening is interested in the nba and basketball uh they can also go listen to my other podcast which is the bench warmers uh, on itunes (gasps) whoa okay it's all making sense to me now this is magical kismet okay you haven't listened to 
so I so for those of you who are listening, perhaps hopefully you have also listened to the previous episode, which is the one where I'm basically talking like a crazy woman from my car. And by crazy woman, I mean, I am a crazy woman. And I was talking from my car um, to myself to keep myself alive after about 13 hours of driving. And um, obviously, I cut that up into 45 minutes, but down from like an hour and a half. Anyway, in there, I throw to a song, as I am wont to do in all of these sadcasts, and the song that I was addicted to for my entire trip is called a song called Benchwarmers. Wow. Yeah. You should get in touch with the band. Um, They're from Boise, Idaho, and they have a song called Benchwarmers, and I love it. And it's on last week's podcast in its entirety because you can download it for free from SoundCloud. Fantastic. That's a rule that I made up for the internet, by the way. I don't know if that's actually a rule, but... Uh, yeah, so they can find us there on iTunes or they can go to benchwarmersbasketball.tumblr.com. Perfect. And, um, yeah, again, remind everybody, Place des Arts, um, November 13th is um, Sad Meg taking Suburbia Issue to the Burbs and having an art show there and... Um, yeah, we want to thank Shelly Stefan for coming on the show this week. And um, as always, I want to thank you, Stu. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Okay, we really need to work on a sign-off. But for now, goodbye. You need to say goodbye to Stu. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> it's not over until you say goodbye. <laughs>